Today, I'm going to talk about 14 things that you can do right now to improve your tax and your investment situation for the current year, but also to prepare you for the upcoming year in 2024. So the first thing you can do is to maximize your retirement contributions. Now, this is low-hanging fruit, so if you're not taking advantage of this already, this is the first thing you should be focusing on. For 2023, you can put in a maximum of $22,500 into your 401k, and if you're over 50, you can put in $30,000 into your 401k. Now, keep in mind, the only way you can get a tax deduction in the current year is if you put it into your traditional 401k. If you put any portion of it into your Roth 401k, which is also a beneficial, you're not going to get that tax deduction. So to get the maximum tax deduction, you want to put into the traditional 401k plan. The second thing you can do is to harvest your losses. Harvesting losses is basically intentionally selling an investment at a loss to take that loss as a deduction on your taxes, but then repurchasing that investment later on in 31 days to be able to still have exposure to that investment, but then have that loss that you can deduct on your taxes. Now, if you're not familiar with tax loss harvesting, I've done a lot of videos on this. I've done a lot of blog posts. Please take a look at those and it'll give you an idea of what tax loss harvesting is. Because if you don't do tax loss harvesting correctly, what will happen is you'll take that loss, but then it will be disallowed because of what's known as the wash sale rule. So be very careful when you're doing the tax loss harvesting, you want to do it uh, properly so that way you can take full advantage of that tax deduction. Now, the next thing you can do to lower your taxes in the current year is to make charitable contributions before the end of the year. If you make a charitable contribution, not only does it benefit the charity that you're helping, but it also lowers your taxes, which is, again, a win-win scenario. A reminder to keep your receipts in the event that you get audited, because if you make a charitable donation, you want to make sure that you've got the backup documentation for that. One other item to note is when you're making charitable contributions, the only way that you're going to be able to deduct those on your taxes is if you itemize your uh, deductions. If you're not familiar with what an itemized deduction is, take a look at my other video I did where we talk about the difference between an itemized deduction and a standard deduction. Now, this next strategy applies to individuals who are taking required minimum distributions from their IRAs or their 401k plans, usually people who are 70 and a half or above. Now, this strategy is called the Qualified Charitable Distribution. The Qualified Charitable Distribution means that you can take from your IRA the required amount that you're supposed to be deducting every year or withdrawing and give that money to charity. Now, what happens is instead of taking that money as a required minimum distribution and paying tax on it, now what you're doing is you're taking that money, you're giving it to charity, and it's not going to be reported as part of your taxable income, which again is a win-win scenario. Now, keep in mind, the maximum you can do on a qualified charitable distribution is $100,000 a year. So if you're planning on doing any more than that, you may want to stagger it out to a future year. Now, this next strategy also will not apply to everyone, and it's called the Roth IRA conversion. A Roth IRA conversion is when you take your regular IRA and you convert it to a Roth IRA. Now, you don't have to convert all of it. You can only convert a portion of it. But keep in mind, whatever you convert, you're going to have to pay income tax on in that current year. So you may be wondering, why would you do this? Well, if you've got a an IRA that's lost value in the current year, then it, make, makes, it might make more sense for you to do that conversion, especially if it's an asset that's going to recover later on. So let's assume that you had in the beginning of the year an IRA that was worth $50,000. 
And because the market's gone down a little bit this year, now that IRA is worth $25,000 or maybe worth $40,000. Well, if you do that conversion to a Roth IRA, you're only going to pay tax on the current market value of that conversion of that converted amount. And once it's in the Roth IRA, and it's going to continue to grow tax-free, especially when that uh, when that that asset in that IRA has recovered. Now, this next strategy gives you a double benefit, especially if you itemize. And the strategy is to donate appreciated stock. Let's assume that you have some stock that you either received as employer compensation or that uh, you may have purchased many, many years ago. And if you sell that stock, you're going to have a large capital gain. And let's also assume that you regularly make charitable contributions. Now, if you were to, instead of paying cash for a contribution to charitable contribution, if you donated your stock, you are able to deduct the market value of that stock when you donate it, and you don't have to pay capital gains tax. So let's assume that you bought a stock many, many years ago, and it's worth $10, and you bought it at $10 a share, and now it's worth $100. And if you wanted to donate $100 of cash, you can certainly do that. But if you donated the stock that net, that's now worth $100, you still get the $100 deduction, but you also avoid that $90 of capital gains tax that you would have paid if you sold that stock. So again, it's a win-win and a double benefit. The next strategy you can employ right now to lower your tax liability is to defer income or to defer bonuses until the following year. Now, obviously, everybody wants a bonus or their income uh, as soon as possible. But if you think that your income is going to be lower in the future year and the following year, then you may want to defer that bonus or defer that income. So that way it will be taxed at a lower tax rate. Now, this really takes into this really applies if you're self-employed and you have that ability to manage that income the following year year. And if you're able to defer that income, it really provides you a lot of tax benefits by doing that. Now, this next strategy is to maximize your health savings account, also known as an HSA. If you're not familiar with an HSA, please look at my other video I did on HSAs because it's a very, very powerful account and something you should definitely take advantage of if you have the opportunity to do so. To maximize your HSA for 2023, if you're single, you can put 3,850. If you're a family, you can put 7,750. And if you're 55 or over, you can put an additional $1,000 into your HSA. Now, just a refresher, an HSA, the money you put in is a double benefit because you get a tax deduction for the money that you put into your HSA Plus, the money grows tax-free as long as it's used for uh, health expenses. The next strategy is to utilize your FSA, also known as a flexible spending account. Now, the FSA is very different from the HSA because the HSA allows you to carry over any money that you don't use. But the FSA, the flexible spending account, if you don't use that money that you've earmarked for uh, expenses, then you're going to lose a, a large portion of it. You're allowed to carry over only $610 per year into the following year. So be very careful how much you put into your flexible spending account, your FSA, because if you don't use all of it, then you're at risk of losing a large portion of it. Again, a reminder that FSA is very different from an HSA, a health savings account, because a health savings account, it does allow you to roll over that money that's unused. Now, this next strategy is not going to lower your taxes in the current year, but it will have a huge benefit on your taxes in the future, especially if you have a large estate. Now, this strategy is known as gifting cash to your uh, heirs to lower your estate tax. 
You can gift $17,000 a year or $34,000 if you're married to anyone you want. Most people give it to their kids. So you can gift $17,000 a year to the recipient. This $17,000 is not taxable, but to you, it lowers your taxable estate. You don't have to file a gift tax return. And as a result, it's a win-win scenario for both you and the recipient of that gift. I mentioned earlier about gifting cash to heirs or the people that you want to lower your taxable estate. Well, this next strategy is very similar to that, except you get more bang for your buck. So instead of gifting cash to an individual, $17,000 if you're single or $34,000 if you're married, what you can do is you can pay someone's medical expenses or their educational expenses directly to the medical uh, provider or the educational institution. And by doing that, that lowers your taxable estate, but it also doesn't eat into that $17,000. So for example, let's assume you wanted to pay someone's university bill and it was $50,000. You can pay the university directly $50,000, plus you can give that individual $17,000. So now you've got $67,000 that you've essentially taken out of your estate and gifted to that person, and it's not taxable to that person. So again, it's a win-win scenario. The next strategy to consider before the end of the year is setting up a donor-advised fund. A donor-advised fund is essentially like a charitable arm of your, of your family, and what you can do is you can donate appreciated stock or appreciated assets, usually it's stock, and when you donate that stock, you get a deduction in the current year on the market value of all that stock. So let's assume that you've got some stock that you purchased many, many years ago, and it's got a very low cost basis. If you sold it, you'd have a very large capital gain, or you may have received stock through an employer incentive program, and now if you sold it, you'd have a very large capital gain. By putting that stock into a donor-advised fund, now you've essentially taken it out of your estate, you have lowered your tax liability by not having to pay capital gains tax, and you can use that donor advice fund to now make charitable contributions to whichever charity you want in any frequency that you want. The next thing you wanna do before the end of the year, and to be honest, every year, is to review your estate plan. You wanna review your estate plan to make sure that it still applies to the goals and wishes that you and your family want before something happens and you're unable to change it. So it's very important to review your estate planning documents every year to make sure that your wishes are still maintained. Now, if you don't have an estate plan in place, the first step would be to create an estate plan so that way you can avoid probate. If you're not sure what an estate plan is or probate is, again, look at my other video I did on what estate planning is and it'll give you a little more information. So the last year-end tax strategy and investment strategy I wanna discuss, but definitely equally as important, is to evaluate your risk tolerance. What you wanna do is you wanna sit down with your financial advisor, discuss what your risk tolerance is, make sure that it's still in line with your overall objectives and your investment goals. And you wanna do this at least every year to make sure that you're not taking too much risk or that you're taking enough risk to meet your objectives.